HHW LOD special report on Star Wars Rogue One. This is Russ, and I have with me Aaron Newworth. Hey. Richard Chubtold Sheldon. Hello. And Jim Dietz. Actually, I'm the CGI version of Jim Dietz. I like to call him Grand Moff Dietz. Yes, Grand Moff. I am a Grand Moff after all. Jim the Uncanny Valley Dietz. Right. Send all your mail to the Uncanny Valley. You can't tell the difference. Wow, that's no. a good thing. I love watching Uncanny Valley on HBO after um, Game of Thrones in the summer. It's great. Sure. <laughs> Who doesn't? So we thought we'd just get together. We did this last year with The Force Awakens. Uh, we'll probably do this next year with Episode 8. Uh, but The Force well, continues. The Force continues, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. What, yeah. I'm really surprised we didn't get it. I mean, I get why they, they want to put the focus on... Rogue One, but I'm also kind of surprised that we didn't get a uh, a trailer. What if they just still don't have it? They're like, I don't know. Like, what? <laughs> it seems like they finished like, filming just, that movie just, like maybe. a year ago. I did it. So, <laughs> hey, something. Okay. I mean, they they still don't have a title for that Tom Cruise Edge of Tomorrow. Like they're still calling it Live. Re- they don't even know what to call it. Live, die, like, repeat. Live, repeat. It already came out. Yeah, that, they're still retitling it after it came on Blu-ray. Like, yes. I mean, considering like half the scenes in the Rogue One trailer weren't in the movie. I mean, maybe they're going to do a lot of reshoots. Who knows? They might change it all. Yeah. Up. <laughs> release on Blu-ray Rogue Two. I, I mean, did that, I, didn't that bother you? Like, it was like the trademark line of the 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 trailer. Like, you know, it's a rebellion. I rebel. That wasn't in there. I thought well, that was a terrible line. line. We'll so so that running on that catwalk and that tide. We'll get, we'll get I'm to saying it wasn't in there. But man. also, if you look at a lot of that footage in those trailers, especially like uh, you see uh, Jen running along the beach and all that, you see she has the. Which, by the way, spoiler alerts. I'm guessing people. will Listening to this, I feel like this is a spoiler but... podcast. I feel oh, like yeah. this is. Yeah, I, 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 I'm hoping, but nobody has said it yet, so we should probably say if you haven't watched it yet, we're going to talk about it. So here's, here's a huge spoiler right now: they get the plant and they blow up the Death Star eventually. <laughs> <laughs> but spoiler I for mean, your 40 year old movie. If you if you look at the trailer scenes of them running and all that, she's got the plans on her belt and everything. So it's obvious they reworked the whole plot line of getting the plans to the rebel fleet up in space. Um, you know, and and I also read somewhere that <laughs> hold, hold on, Jobs. I just got a friend request on Mario Run. Give me a second. I'm listening. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I needed to say that out loud because I'm like, what, you can get friend requests on this? <laughs> I didn't really like but, uh, but my understanding is they reworked Jen like she was supposed to be even more of a cocky, just very, you know, pushy character and that they reworked her character a lot and that's what a lot of the reshoots were around. So it makes sense that a lot of those scenes with her and everything were 
cut or weren't seen in the movie because it was probably cut due to the reworking of the character. I just thought it was weird, you know. Yeah. Although I did, I was like, man, I really would have liked to have seen that scene with the TIE fighter rising yeah, up. Yeah, that was though. the that only one for me that was a bummer. Like, the rest of yeah, it, I'm like, see, hey, whatever. That's the, see, what's funny is that's the only one I think that wasn't a reshoot thing. I think that's more of like, re- right. remember the tra- remember the trailer for Predators? Where Adrian Brody gets like a bunch of the predator like dots on him, like yeah, there's like a right. bunch of. Yeah. I feel like that was more of like let's just have this cool idea of a shot that we can like just add a Tie Fighter in digitally, as opposed to they actually change something. I think that was just them messing with us essentially. Probably because that like because that scene you know that which is on like the, the catwalk at the end that that is I mean if they changed everything then that probably shouldn't have happened that way like. If you know what I'm saying, like right, she wouldn't have she wouldn't have had to be up there to begin with if the reshoots right. involved her not being on the beach anymore. Right, but, right. You know. That's a you know that's like that's what it was odd, you know, because I watched the movie and I was like, wait a minute, that's the, I went back and watched the trailer and I was like, yeah, there's a lot of this that wasn't in there. What's funny like, is that like when Anna and I, we saw my my lovely girlfriend Anna and I, we saw the movie and I wasn't thinking about any of those trailer shots while watching the movie. It was only after the fact. I'm like, wait, where was right. that sweet space cape on the on the water? Like, where was that scene? <laughs> Me too. That's, a, that's what I call yeah. I call him Sweet Space Cape. That's that's just sure. <laughs> yeah. You know you know you know me, Chubbs. I like a good space cape. <laughs> Who doesn't? A good but, space uh, cape truly belongs up in the clouds. That's what I say. Uh-oh. That's that's in the Calrissian where... mode. <laughs> I can't stop it, guys. You have He's to go into Lando out. mode. I'll do my best to calm it down. I don't know if I can though. You truly you truly were meant to be with us here in the clouds. What have we got here? Oh, whoa, what have we here? Works every time. Oh, wait, sorry. We have no that... focus on this <laughs> so far. But also that scene where Jen, you see her stand up. She's in the, the, the Imperial outfit, and um, the lights come on around her and all that. That was a... like, It's like an alternate angle. Like was... Yeah, but yeah, that was a cool yeah, shot. That really bothered me. It was so, but, but yeah. Well, let's bef- before we get into it too deep. Let's let's just go around like overall impressions, because uh, I'm I'm curious like overall what everybody thought of it, and then we can kind of we can kind of pick it apart. So, Aaron, you go first. I had a blast with it. I uh, thought Rogue One was a whole lot of fun. Um, there are some issues here or there, but nothing that like made me like regret you know the experience of seeing stuff like this. I think the um, I mean, I, I know a lot of people have kind of issue with like. There's a lot of people that are, you know, basically saying like the last 30 minutes really made this thing come alive. I had I had a lot of fun and a lot of interest in just seeing how this thing was going to be, you know, playing out as it went along. I liked that Gareth Edwards, uh, the director, had a good, regardless of reshoots or whatever, you know, he's still involved in the process of obviously. I, I like that he had a good handle on making the film feel, you know, different from Star Wars, but also a lot like Star Wars. I mean, it, which is a tricky thing to pull off because he did make essentially a war movie, but he also made a film that, you know, wrote, wrote into a lot of like Star Wars conventions, mainly in mainly in that third act. Um, but no, overall, I had a blast with it. I, I, I we'll, we'll talk about this more as far as like the characters are concerned. I mean, but there's certainly compared to something like Force Awakens, which is very, very, you know, character rich. This movie, it doesn't play that aspect up as much as it plays up the plot elements. But for you know a man on a mission movie i really enjoyed what this one had to offer i, I had a blast jim i uh i liked i liked it a lot i uh, i love the template of like like uh, aaron said you know the 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 team on a mission the you know the rad tag fugitives uh 
you know, motley crew on a mission who don't always quite get along, but kind of gel it together, you know, to get the get the job done. I think Gareth, Gareth Edwards has been one of my favorite directors from Jump, so I really dug what he did here with the action, uh, with the character moments, and and with the big set pieces. I thought he was you know facile in all three. Uh, I really like the cast. I think Donnie Yen stole like pretty much every scene he was oh, yeah. in. Uh, I thought Ben Mendelsohn was was uh, was was great as the head evil white guy. <laughs> uh, Forrest Whitaker, I would have liked to have seen him in it a little more. I thought if, if they'd maybe defined the 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 um, you know, relationship between him and Jin a little more, you know, I, I thought that could have, you know, but I mean, again, I'm picking that. So overall, I just thought it was a great, it's a great template for for like almost like a heist movie or a uh, you know mission goes wrong movie on in the Star Wars universe, and uh, I, just, I really enjoyed it. Richard. Yeah, um, it, it's kind of ironic. I was just asked earlier today by a friend, um, "How would I rank this in 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 the Star Wars films?" And and I, I, I my response was, I, "I really wouldn't. I have my ranking of the saga films, but I wouldn't I wouldn't want to rank this in there because it is separate. It's not part of the saga. And standing on its own, it definitely is a great story." Um, being a lifelong Star Wars fan, um, I really enjoyed how it butted up the end of it to where we take up in Episode 4. Um, I mean, you could almost make one long super cut, you know, just cut the credits off of this and don't have the crawl at the beginning of Episode 4, one screen wipe, and it's a super movie. Um, hey, team. But, uh, is hey, that Frank Whitman right here? <laughs> yes, it special is. guest joining us, Frank A. Rincon. Yay, Half Hour Wasted's Frank. very own Frank A. Rincon. Hey, Frank. Guys, how Frank. are you? Good to hear from you. Good. Me too, Frank. Happy holidays, buddy. Thanks. Happy holidays to you, too. Happy Breadmas. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. Happy Breadmas to all. That's right. So, I was, uh, I, I was sitting here. And I, I actually have all this work I need to do, and I'm having to read through all this material. And I was just like, I'm beat. I don't want to do this. So that's why I'm here. <laughs> okay. We're just kind of going this... around the table. So Richard Richard was finishing up, and then we'll get uh, your overall impressions after, after Richard finishes. Great. But as, as far as the quality, I mean um... – this this was on level on par with Empire quality to me as far as as Star Wars storytelling, the film that was presented. There were some minor little things here and there that I, I wish would have been a little bit different. But overall, I thought it was a fantastic film. Like Jim said, it was like a heist movie. It was like Ocean's Eleven of of the Star Wars universe. Um, so yeah. Um, I, I, I really love, you know, how Rogue One is the, the you know, predecessor to the Rogue Squadron, you know, that I don't know if you know about the Rogue Squadron in the EU and all that, or if they're even going to have that. But anyway, um, I just, I really like, like what they did with the film and um, the fact that we were able to have such character development that we really cared for and really had these characters ingrained into us only to have them taken away. <laughs> So, which made sense, but uh, it was it it was a a a really good film. I really enjoyed it. Frank, would you would you think just kind of overall impression? 
Fantastic. I loved it. Uh, I had so much fun with it. I thought the quality of the filmmaking was really good. And, and the acting uh, character development totally was just 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 perfect uh who just said it was on par with like empire strikes back it's uh, i agree with that um it was just like it's what i wanted it to be <laughs> i did go into the movie a you know a little apprehensive because of the of all the rumors about the reshoots but uh but it worked and it was fantastic and i loved every moment of it I don't cool. get to be on podcasts with Frank very often, but I like what he has to say. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, I, my opinion, I think I really need to see it again um, in, in a better theater, better. I, I really want to go see it in IMAX because part of it was, so we had to go to a 10 o'clock show. I took my kids because um, it's kind of like a tra- tradition now that, that we go. In the morning or at night? At night. It, yeah, okay. it was 10 o'clock at night. Um it was the day after I got back from a very short West Coast trip, so I was like kind of tired, um, a bit jet lagged, and the theater that we saw it at, which is a very you know has the real comfortable you know reclining seats and all that kind of stuff, but it, the, the projection was terrible. Like it was very yeah. dark. Um, the, the the projectionist just didn't do a real. I don't know if they needed to change the bulb or if they needed to do an adjustment or whatever. But everything felt kind of dark. I'm glad we didn't see it in 3D because it would have been like it, yeah, it would have been a really oh terrible experience in 3D. But I I just think so. I think part of it was like my mood maybe wasn't quite right for Star Wars, which seems kind of bizarre to, that I would ever say that in my life. All um, right, what have you done with Russ? Yeah, exactly. You're, you're an alien. You've replaced Russ, or you yes. must be an android, because the Russ I know is always in the mood for stuff. I'm always in the mood for, yeah, I mean, I'm surrounded by Star Wars crap on a daily basis. Um, but it, it just, yeah, I think I think that was part of it. Um, the other part, so the, the, a couple of nitpicks I had. So overall, I really enjoyed it. I mean, I think the action was top-notch. I think Gareth Edwards, I can't fault him for any of the shortcomings of the movie. I don't really fault him at all. Uh, because I think his direction was great. I thought the battle scenes were out of this world. I mean, we've never seen anything quite to that scale pulled off that well in a Star Wars movie. That's uh, a and, good, like, he he is a great man of scale. Like, I, yeah. I was a big fan of his Godzilla film. And regardless of your thoughts on Godzilla, because there's some crazy people that didn't like it nearly as much as I did. Um, You're wrong. I, I, I do think that any, anyone could easily give credit to the the depiction of scale in that movie. Sure, like I, I and that applies here too. So. Yeah. Um, so a couple the couple of things that really one was the beginning to me felt a little bit disjointed. I guess because I kind of have this template for Star Wars in my head, uh, and the fact that it kind of bounced around in the first you know like the first I don't know maybe quarter of the movie uh, or the first fifth of the movie that it bounced around to so many locations. Uh, it, it just felt. Well, a... I, I'm I'm with you on that, but uh, you know, in hindsight, it doesn't bother me. But yeah, I thought we did it, bounce around quite a bit. It, it just felt a little disjointed, and then the, you know, it kind of settled in, and then everything you know, everything was fine. We got you know, extend you know, we got some fairly good set pieces, and every, and it was fine. But it just it felt a little after that first bit, you know, after after they uh, you know they find Galen and Jin. Um, and Lyra, uh, that where where um, Krennic does, it just seemed like it bounced a little bit, and I think maybe they could have tightened that up. The, the other bit, I mean, you guys, it's funny because you guys are talking about character development stuff like that. 
the one thing I felt was I never really felt super attached to any of those characters. Uh, even Jin. Like, I never... It, and it's not like I, I thought they were terrible or they were forgettable or anything like that. But I, I just never felt like a real attachment to them. Uh, and, you know, some people... And I, it's funny, I was talking to a friend of mine and he was like, Well, you know, it's, I think you're just used to Star Wars and, you know, these, these characters show up. And I'm like... You know, because Finn and Ray, like I got really attached to Finn and Ray and and Poe uh, right off the bat. Like I don't know, there's something about their portrayal and their charisma or whatever. Uh, I I just never felt a super strong attachment to the others. Um, Can but, I speak to that, or do you want to? No, go ahead, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, the um, I I get that for sure. I certainly agree to a point that they. Well, I agree in in terms of they're not the deepest characters. That's just sure. not. But that's. To me, that's the structure of the movie where it's not I, I can understand if that's not a preferred thing. If you don't like it, you don't like it in that in that regard. But the I think the idea of this movie or what at least I appreciate about what it's trying to do is that as a as essentially a war film that's showing a, a group of soldiers on this mission, it it does what's required to get you to know who you're following. Right. But I think what what it's what I found to be successful is that you're essentially seeing the viewpoint of grunts of people that are just there people that are involved in this thing you're you're away from the kind of bigger picture of skywalkers and han solo and vader and all that and you're just watching like a group of people that are involved in this random mission and you you get to watch i mean you get you get you get like a basic establishment of like who some of them are and i agree that it could have been handled a bit better just to give you maybe more perspective on on jin on jin's whole relationship with sagarera um or you know various other you know, people involved there, but it's much, it's almost like, like playing battlefront to an extent where you just, you're just, you're kind of in the, in the shoes of these people that got to do this thing. And the, you know, you got to be these unsung, you get to follow these unsung heroes in this war that has so many other things going on, but here we are on this mission. Uh, and that, again, I can't say it's, you know, the perfect handling of that as far as the characters go. Although there are highlights here, such as like Donnie Yen, like you pointed out, um, but I did, but I did appreciate what it's trying to do. Yeah, and I, I I appreciated the the nature of you know in, in the structure of the movie, all, all these people don't really are never meant to be together, but somehow they end up together. Just circumstances bring them together, and they're forced to to work as as a unit, as a dysfunctional unit at first, but then everything kind of ends up working for them even though it even though it shouldn't i mean everything went sideways for them in that uh, in that plan it was just by pure luck that they were able to get everything you know to to, to get the whole plan to work but uh you know during those moments where we're with the characters and we're learning just little tidbits here and there about you know something about their past or or or, or you know the, the chant one of them has about the force um, you know, I, for me that, 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 that was enough perspective that, that I, uh, uh, that I really liked them. And, and I'm sorry that they're gone too. I, I would have, I would have liked to have known a little bit more. Well, that's the thing also. Like, I, I mean, I, I understand if you're saying you weren't attached to these characters, Russ, where, you know, you didn't care for them. But like, I would say I felt legit bad that, you know, they all die. I mean, I did. Yeah. I, I mean, that you, you get out of the, like, I, I get obvious. Yes. Like there's a way to appreciate people more, such as you mentioned with like Ray, with um, Ray or Finn and Forrest Wiggins, but that's, 
the the style of that movie needs you to like those people. Like yeah. it's very much it, it's, it's 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 focused on getting I, you to like this new those, crew of folks. Those episode like, movies are painted with a much broader brush too. Sure, it's a much sure. More epic storyline. It's you know generations deep. It's like it's you know the key players where these are all like you know like I don't want to say street level. But I that's something it, I really appreciate. It is, so, but that's something I really appreciated about it. And I get what you're saying. You know, we could have had a little more, you know, character development and a little more character interaction here and there. But I think um, for you know, as as innovative in so many different ways as it is for a Star Wars movie. I mean, look, you know, not a Jedi in sight, anything close. I mean, Chiridimway is the closest thing you get to a Jedi. You know, I mean, it's just like it's taken like a lot of these. Um, you know, Star Wars, I don't want to say tropes, but like, you know, conventions and kind of just either thrown them out or, or subverted them in different ways, you know, in, in subtle ways sometimes. I mean, look at KS, KS, uh, K2SO, you know. Yeah. Um, Loved but it. I, but I really, I, I think I appreciate, I mean, while I get your point about there could have been more, you know, a little more character depth and thing like everything like that, I really appreciated the pace of the movie. I really appreciate that yeah. it didn't get bogged down yeah. in exposition. It didn't get bogged down in, in explanation. It had a really good steady pace. And even though there was a lot of bouncing around at the beginning to kind of establish everything like Frank spoke to, um, I, I thought it eventually, you know, really got into a good groove. And I think it could have it could have very easily gone wrong a hundred different ways, but it didn't. You know what I mean? No, absolutely. Was, absolutely. So um, well, but I, and- I totally get what you're saying. I mean, I... I liked all these characters enough that I wish I had more time with them, you know? Yeah. yeah. I guess I look at it, I compare it to things like The Dirty Dozen, The Magnificent Seven, Seven Samurai, where I feel like even though kind of same, I mean, spoiler for, you know, 50-year-old movies in some cases, but uh, where we know like, okay, these characters are all going to die or most of them are going to die, I still felt like each one... I don't know. I, I, I guess I just felt even in a, a similar style, I felt more attachment to, to most of those characters in those movies. And I, I guess maybe my brain is just kind of like, I, that's what I was expecting with this. Um, that's but, cer- but, that's but, certainly these are, fair. Yeah. It, and these are like, I mean, I mean, honestly, this is like nitpicking. Um, you know, I don't want anybody to get the impression that this ruined the movie for me or that I disliked it because of these things. Um, you know, I'm just, I'm just, you know, these are the things that just kind of like if, if you know, on a, on a scale of good, to, you know, where good to bad or just kind of balance out, you know, uh, and be critical of it, that th- those are the things that just kind of kind of stuck out to me. Oh, yeah. And I, I think that's I the think... I think that that's the main thing that people are addressing as far as this movie goes. I mean, besides one uh, another major major element that we'll get to, I assume, and some other things here or there. But the characters, I mean, Star Wars is a movie that's populated by lots of very awesome, cool, fun, scary characters like that's the series itself. And so it's I I don't I don't fault fans for not wanting to necessarily you know do their best cassian andor impression after this movie comes out because it's not the it's not the strongest character in this universe sure it's not like and neither is Jin or so i mean they're they're people they have good they have good actors playing them but i wouldn't say these are like career defining performances in the same way where like john boyega is going to largely be known as finn for now on like sure. i don't think diego loon is going to walk around and be known for nothing but star wars I don't actually know offhand what Diego Luna would be known for besides Star Wars at this point, given that it's probably the most popular film he'll ever be in. But um, I, I know what you say, and it, 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 it does speak to just kind of what the among the kind of quote unquote issues this film has. It is yes, in a, in a universe that's populated by so many very familiar characters, you don't necessarily get a lot of immediately amazing characters beyond I what, think it K2SO. has more. 
I think it has more to do with, in some of the characters' cases, with the names. It, I mean, I've seen the movie four times now, so I've kind of got the names down. But part of my issue when when I was first watching it of getting atta- trying to get attached to the characters was, it's like, wait, what was that guy's name? You know, because, I mean, Bayes Malba, Saw Guerrera, Body Rook. I mean, these are all, you know, I mean, Jin Erso wasn't too bad. But, I mean, you know, when we had our Star Wars in the 70s, we had Han Solo. And we liked it just Luke. fine. <laughs> yeah, but we also we also had I'm action figures that came out like yeah, you know six true. months before the movie, and you know we memorized every one because we didn't have the internet and everything. So I, I think our attachment, I, I think some of that stuff was pushed out a little earlier. Whereas like now, I think things are a little more secretive. Things are kind of metered out. Yeah. Um, you know. They, I, it's, it's I'm just difference. saying, it, it took me a while just watching the movie to like, get the names down as I, to I, where. So I don't know, but I I did you know and may, I don't know I I don't know if I felt that way after the first viewing, but I did get to where I mean I'm very attached to these characters. I I mean Jen and Cassian, I really like those characters. K two, I don't know, he's in in high competition with R two for favorite droid as far as the Chub Toads. R two is the chosen one, Chub. Okay, let's let's yeah. not. He's the real chosen. K two very much reminded me of the the uh, assassin droid from Knights of the Old Republic. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, K ninety nine. I think K two ninety nine was his name. I um, all, all I know is that scene, our last scene with K two. All I could think of for some reason was Wash slumped over the console of the ship. You know. So it, yeah, it was weird how that jumped into my head. But anyway, I, I, I love waiting K2. for someone to be like Johnny Five is alive, and he comes. <laughs> <out>. <laughs> <laughs> I I, th- I I get what you're saying though about the name. Like I think that speaks more to what we're kind of addressing, which is that the the it's it does strength of character is a factor here. That I mean, you know, being able to roll the name off your tongue is a part of you know a charismatic acting performance. And while this is it's a likable cast, it's I mean it's not the you know if I was to rank Star Wars casts, this would this probably wouldn't be the highest because you know there's no there's no Harrison Ford in this movie, like sure. which is always a major aspect right there. It's okay. I I just remember the prequel, so yes, maybe not maybe not as low as the the Hayden Christensen factor, but I mean there's certainly uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, speaking off the top, I did, yeah, I didn't think about those movies, uh, which I you like know, more uh, than Jim does, but still, <laughs> you know, I I was. Um... I had a coworker who she and she's not a big Star Wars fan. You know, she knows of it and stuff, but she doesn't live it or breathe it. But her and her husband went to go see it over the weekend, and uh, uh, she was gushing about it on Monday, just how good of a movie it was. And what spoke to her was um, the serious, the tone of the movie, the seriousness of it, the fact that it wasn't, um, you know, she kept referring back to episode one about how there was no Jar Jar, and she was so thankful there was no Jar Jar. I mean, that that's her frame of reference. Are we all? Part. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I think she was thankful that there was uh, that there was no silliness. That it. It, it felt like just a, a, a serious movie as opposed to, uh, while it did have moments of levity, which I thought were, you know, well-timed and well-placed, uh, I had to agree with her. It was just, it really did feel like you were watching a, just a, a legitimate war movie or a heist movie, I think someone said. It was uh, the saving private Ryan of the Star Wars universe. Yeah, yeah. 
it is yeah it has a level of intensity that i think really works as far as making this more of you know it really emphasizes the war part of star wars for a change yeah which, sure well, i yeah. think don't the nature too much. the nature of this story i think required it being this way I and th- i think i think there was enough moments of levity to where it was genuinely oh, for sure. a star wars oh, yeah. film yeah well it's not yeah, a downer definitely. i mean yeah. besides yeah. aside from that that every single character you just were introduced to dies in this movie it's not a downer like i think you know <laughs> right. They get the plans, you know. It works out. Right? It, it's funny I mean, I mean, because K two had some of the best lines yes. in the movie. Yes, I agree. I agree. I like K two so a lot. Donnie Yen had me crap. When he when when they put a bag over his head, he's like, <laughs> he's seriously, really? seriously, I'm blind. Blind. Yeah, that was a good line. <laughs> that was a Han Solo line right there. That was that was really good. Well, it was probably it, it, just given the way that scene was shot. It was probably ADR, but it was still like whoever thought of that. Give him a raise because yeah. that would that genius. line was genius. <laughs> yeah, genius. that movie that was a uh, uh, I'm pretty sure I coughed uh, out loud. It was his and delivery for, too. Like his delivery oh, yeah, was, was, perfect. was perfect. Like I don't know yeah. how many I don't know how many takes they took to get that, but uh, but that delivery was perfect. The, the only person I'd be down on is Forrest Whitaker, kind of, and I think that's more of a result of whatever reshoots happen. I think they, they took they, a hatchet I, to his, his character. Yeah, I, yeah, I it really had a much of, bigger, it seemed like he had a much bigger role in the movie originally. And like yeah, I, I, I wanted more of them too. I really did. I think when they reworked Jin's story, it ended yes. up working him out. Yeah. Which is unfortunate. Cause I like, I think the, what they were doing with him, I thought was interesting where he's like the leader of a, a radical rebellion group where sure, there's like sure. there's the rebels, but then there's yeah. even like, you well, know, the, the more terror, the more like, "Quote unquote terrorist side of the rebellion," where they're. I think that, there was that a lot more of her shot from her teenage years. I think with him, there was Probably a lot more context involved. Yeah, and, and all of that got cut. So, yeah. you, I um, I, I did like the the shades of gray that this that this movie. Oh yeah, uh, displayed. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Um, the fact that that uh, you know we're so used to there being a good and evil, black and white. It, it now it's it's just you know th- there's power struggles within ranks within divisions and and that part of it just just really kind of spoke to me. That's why the uh, I wanted to know more about Saw because he, mm-hmm. he you know he he was a part of the rebels that we've never seen before in the movie universe and and I was just like golly they're I mean I just want more of him and I want to know more of what the, those guys are up to well, and he's why so they're much not of part of the alliance. Guy. He's so much of a different force that the rebels want to kill him because it's like you're going yeah. too far, guy. Like we yeah. we want to we want to get rid of this empire, but you're doing you're going to extreme levels. Like that's mm-hmm. that's what I get out of that. It's like it's this is a, this is uh, it's a much foggier portrayal of the war. You're exactly right, Frank. Like it, it it's very easy to have you know Darth Vader the this giant black figure cloaked in darkness and everything that's you know represents evil right. with his death star and all that versus you know here's this group of ragtag guys that just want freedom or this movie is just like you know it diego luna cassie andor's character is introduced by having a conversation and cold-blooded killing a guy and yeah. we'd be like right. oh this this is well, one of our heroes apparently like it's that's, he, that's... Even, he even talks about it late you know when they're like look we're gonna have to surrender and all this other stuff and then he's becoming you know he's like i've done things done things that I am not, you know, I don't remember the exact words, but I mean, basically things I'm not proud of, things that are terrible, things that are dark. And that if we don't do this, I've done all that for no reason, you know, and that, I mean, that right there spoke volumes and you didn't, you don't have that level of complexity in the saga films, 
you know, not to, not, to, I mean, not to, to a certain degree you, you can, but yeah, as far as like what it's, it's very, it's very much different here. And I like that for sure. Right. Yeah. I mean, just the concept of rebel intelligence, you know, that, that was really cool that he works, you know, he's a spy right. more or less, you know, yeah, he, he, he is, is exactly. I mean, yeah, he, <laughs> I thought that that was a, a cool concept. The, the other thing too, there's a lot of talk about, well, these characters have to die because they didn't show up in the other star Wars movies. And I'm like, it's a pretty big galaxy, and this is a pretty yeah. big war. So it's not you, like Mon Mothma was in a New Hope. I mean, it's like, yeah, yeah. Still being, <laughs> they're still being introduced to characters at the time of. I mean, I think it I cheapens could. it a little bit because this is supposed to be a suicide mission, and if nobody bites it, then I think it's a little, um, I think it's a little disingenuous given the premise that they're 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 trying to put forth, but. Uh, but, but I, I I didn't I didn't expect that like oh everyone has to die in this movie uh, and yeah I didn't know everyone yeah I mean I, I yeah. would have been fine if I I mean even if if uh, if K two had made it out I I think that would have been kind of kind of fun you know he's the only survivor out of it yeah. I don't the, only one just... really, the only one who really had to die was Red Five because he was a seriously but I love uh, that how they did that so that. Right. that was there for Luke, you know. I think as a Star Wars fan, my biggest my biggest joy of this movie are the like little continuity holes it filled. Yeah. <laughs> like, like like oh, they built this giant death weapon, but there's this one exhaust port that could destroy yeah, the whole thing, they, you know. The fact that that they they said not not only gave us the explanation, but it was a design flaw that he put in there on purpose. Right. I mean, to add that layer of 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 what's going on in, I, I don't know. I just that that's what made me love this movie so much was the little things that it filled in like that. Yeah, I Have mentally you- applauded. Like I was just like, yes, thank you. Yeah. That awesome. is brilliant. If you want to talk about like what I enjoy, you know as a as a like a kid watching Star Wars like if I was playing with toys the whole end sequence but especially when the hammerheads come out and and knock yeah, out man, the start awesome. that was like oh I was ca- I was like oh my god this <laughs> yeah. is do this is do yes, any of you yes, play X yes <laughs> like just crash into one so it crashes and the second like its shields went offline I'm like. I think I know what they're going to do with this. And then, like, hammerheads come out. <laughs> like, oh, they're going to go with this. They're going to just smash ships into each other. Right. Like, that's that's how you... That's that's a director who, like, clearly, like, played with toys when he was younger. It's like, I know what I want. <laughs> this yeah, I, got, I kind of got that vibe from the beach attack, too, with the walkers and the people on the yes. beach. I, I could just yeah. see, like, you know, little Gareth Edwards as a kid, you know, choo-choo, choo-choo, <laughs> with this well, walker toy in the is, sandbox. <laughs> do any of you play the X-Wing miniatures game? No. No. Uh, I see it when I'm at Comic Con. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> well, I do, and I love it. But anyway, that that's what I thought of during that whole space battle scene. Everything with the, I mean, it was everything, including that with the hammerheads and the ramming, because that's actually a maneuver in the game and everything. I mean, it was like watching one of those games unfold for real. It was really kind of cool. And they've it's shown up in Rebels whole- too. The the hammerhead. Uh- yeah, yeah, yep. and Frazier. Well, that, that, several whole... things from Rebels came out in the X Wings miniature game about this time last year, including Ghost. It's mm-hmm. weird how much the Hammerhead looks like Jet Black's uh, ship from uh, yeah, right? Cowboy Bebop too. Yeah, I thought it's of that, like yeah. the same shape. You, you talked about the, uh, the the design flaw, which um, and, and speaking of which, I do think Mads Mikkelsen. Um, is very good in this movie. He doesn't yes. have much to do, but I think he yeah. he and Ben Mendelsohn, who I would also want to talk about, I think. They're the kind of actors where, because they're older, they ha- and same with like Donnie Yen, for example. The the 
they kind of they they bring a sort of a presence to their roles that doesn't require too much like you don't need right. to like completely detail these characters because they're just them being there and the kind of authority they have the gravitas of, is built in the gravitas yeah, yeah it's, exactly. it's more it's, more, it's, it's already <laughs> it's exactly it's built in where felicity jones and diego luna they're good actors but it's like i don't know who they are uh, automatically just because they show up on screen like someone like Mads Mikkelsen is like okay, I get it. Like you, you kind of see the aura of this person and get what who he is. It was it was and, it was oddly similar to his role in Doctor Strange. Like he wasn't in it very much, but he made a big impact when he was. Mm-hmm. You know, at least in my opinion. I don't know. No, I Have any of you so. guys read the the Catalyst, the the prequel novel? I just got it today. I'm uh, I was going to start reading it this evening. It's it's very good. Uh, I I have been very that, cold yeah. on the prequel on, on the prequel on the new continuity books. Uh, so I listened to uh, the first aftermath was okay. Uh, not mm-hmm. great, but, but it wasn't terrible. It was table setting. Yeah. The, the I forget the name of the, the one that about Princess life dead. what life dead like, uh, no, I haven't read that one yet. That was the second one, oh. but they also did. I got an audiobook version of the one. Oh, I can't remember the name of it. It's, it's set before the Force Awakens, like ten years before the Force Awakens, and it's also oh, about Princess um, Leia. It's, I have that one too. It's um, really bad. Like it's it was not a, that good. It was a slog to get through. Um, it was not mm-hmm. good. Uh, and then even like the one that they wrote was, which was like a prequel to Rebels. It's about Kanan Jarrus. Uh, that one was not great. I didn't even finish it. Um, I like that one. So it just it just felt kind of dull, but and I've read a ton of EU books up in the old continuity, uh, but Catalyst is really good, and it's the whole thing is the story of of uh, Galen Ur- of the Ursos, Galen Urso's wife Lyra, and uh, and Orson Krennic, and it talks about how uh, Galen and Orson met. It 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 starts at right at the beginning of the Clone Wars. Uh, and and it goes through like you know at the end of Revenge of the Sith and you know Jin is born and she's a baby so it, it covers all that stuff uh, and it's really good it really fleshes out uh, Krennic's character to a to a, an incredible degree and just how manipulative he is he almost feels like um, like Thrawn like there there's a lot of similarity in in the way I can that, see that that those yeah. two yeah. Um, I feel so, like Thrawn, Thrawn seemed like he had more to prove and was more ambitious, though. Whereas Krennic seemed like he, he was um, he was kind of being cheated out of what he sure. accomplished by Tarkin, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I, th- I, th- I think both aspects are there with Krennic, where he is yeah. feeling cheated, but he also is trying to prove himself. though, for sure. Yeah. There's a lot of Krennic stuff in the book with... this EU's version of Thrawn. Yeah. <clears throat> There's a lot of cool stuff in in the book with Krennic where he talks about studying history and and uh, you know the civilizations and things like that, which is a big uh, you know which is a big Thrawn thing with the art and everything. Um, but I highly recommend it. So if you're into EU novels and you've been a little lukewarm on some of the ones that have come before, I highly recommend Catalyst. I'm about 85% done with it according to uh, to, to to my Kindle, but. Uh, but it's it's really it's really well done. Saul Guerrero shows up uh, towards like three quarters of the way in. He shows up and he's a big part of. Uh, have from, to, I'd imagine. Yeah, from here on out, he's he's a pretty big part of the book. So good. Um, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, so it's mm-hmm. it's pretty. I heard he's going to be a big part of Rebels coming up too. Yeah, at the end of the season, he shows up yeah. there too. He cool. showed up in the Clone Wars. I mean, he's been around for 
Uh, he's the first character that's made the jump from the animate, you know, originating the animated to the live action. So, um, um, to talk about Krennic a bit, because I, you know, as far as this movie goes, with Ben Mendelsohn, I really like this character, uh, and I'm speaking as a person that didn't read Catalyst, so I don't have any like prior information. I just, you know, walked in the movie saying, okay, I like Ben Mendelsohn, the actor. I'm ex- he's in uh, a variety of films. He's also on the show Bloodline, which he, I believe, won the uh, Emmy for. He did, um, and that Netflix show. Um, I really like this actor, and I was that was one of the things I was very excited. Besides being, you know, a new Star Wars movie, that was one of the things I was very excited about. Ben Mendelsohn's in a Star Wars movie. That's cool, and I really like this Krennic character, and what I and I, I like what it does by doing very little. I mean, I already spoke to how certain actors just have a sense of gravitas that they bring to their roles, but I think the the work he's doing here shows me a really interesting character that doesn't get a lot to kind of flesh it out you know, verbally or just through like hackneyed ex- exposition, but just kind of the actions and little things like this man, he's, he, you know, he's, he's the director of advanced weapons research. <laughs> he's the, he's, he's trying to spearhead this whole death star project and he's like dressed in white and he has this cape. And so like he, he clearly sees himself as so high up and he wants that respect, but he's not being given it because grandma Tarkin's like, you know, acting a fool on him and he's trying to go around his back to go to Darth Vader and there's just like all these little details that just make this person fascinating to me. I like that the, you know, all the the, the Imperials generally have you know kind of a regal English accent. He doesn't. He has an American accent, and right. it's like that's a neat little thing right there. That shows me that that's a person that probably came from the bottom and you know got to where he is now, and he's like constantly trying to prove that he deserves to be up in this high spot. And so it's just a lot of little things like that where it's like this. I, I like Krennic more than more than Jyn Erso, more than Cassie. I, I like this character. It was. Very fitting to see his, you know, his demise be met by the very thing he was, you know. Speaking I, of I when thought, he went, uh, yeah. Well, that was uh, that was a little <laughs> on the nose. I really appreciated it, like when he was just looking at the at it, and it was that explosion, and I, I just like just dessert, you know. Yeah. It, it, it just it, it was a little on the nose. I'll give you that, but. But, it's Star um, Wars. The themes are different. Star Wars. My only problem with him is when he went to Vader's castle. What did he think would happen? <laughs> you know, did he think he's like, well, okay, right. Nick, you're my bro. Well, we didn't no, see the delivery. But Vader. how Vader, about Vader sent him an email, and Vader, Vader's yeah. like, come on over, we'll have drinks. It'll be great. We'll, we'll, hit, we'll hit the stars. How about over. that dad oh, joke? Wait. Though I loved Vader's dad joke. That was great. Don't choke on your aspirations. <laughs> well, that's because, that's because Anakin Skywalker is such like a you know he's such a brat that he's like I got one joke and I'm gonna practice it over and over again in my back. <laughs> <laughs> like Vader's cool and all, but it still is whiny Anakin Skywalker under all that armor. <laughs> right. It's the oh, I did love him. I did love Powell. seeing Anakin in that uh, in that tank in, in that uh, milk tank. That oh, was that cool. the tank. God, that was so cool. Yeah. That whole setup was cool. Like, it, it, besides the fact that it's like, let's not tell you what planet this is for whatever reason. It's like, all right, I assume it's Mustafar or Vajun, whatever. One. Yeah, but, Mustafar uh, is yeah, what, I've been, Mustafar what I've read. Sure. Yeah, but like, I I like the I whole like it. here's a whole epic intro for Darth Vader. We go to a planet, we go to a castle, we we unleash this person that's in. You know, you see just part of his body that's being unearthed from this back to bath. You put on the armor, you see the shadow of it. He comes through like this giant cloud of fog. It's like, geez, they really went all out to make sure we know what Vader's I heard done. somewhere that the whole castle, all that design came from a Macquarie concept art. Yeah, that he did. Yeah, that was the intention I, for, yeah, for, I, I for Jedi. It, was. I mean, Russ could probably help me on this, but it was on a different planet than Mustafar originally, wasn't it? 
Yeah, I don't yeah, think there's there like and I, I yeah, like it, originally, it, was it was described as like a lava planet. Like yeah, right. The, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And, and, uh, you know, and by not telling us what the planet was, I, that, I think that might have been just a, a little bit of like a insider fan theorizing. Like you see it, and the fans automatically think, mm. "Is that is that the planet?" You know, instead of telling you right out. Uh, you know, it doesn't even matter what the planet's name is uh, because we only visit it once. So I think that's a little bit of fan service where it's just like, There's you a guys shot, know what this though. is. There's a shot, though, from where Vader is that they do outside the window. I saw this on a, a YouTube video. But anyway, you kind of look at it. Anyway, from the angle, it looks like he's looking out on the very spot where Obi-Wan left him. After wow. battle, that's what it looks like to me, anyway. I mean, I, they pointed that out on there, but I don't know if that was true or just fan looking into it too much. But and, it and does you know, look it, like it. Vader is nothing but a showman. If nothing, he's a showman. <laughs> you know? I mean, even if it's like, not, I, I think with the smoke and everything. Yes. I just even, expected even, like there to be a, you know, a small orchestra. Ladies and gentlemen, live from Mustafar, from Darth Vader's castle, it is the Sith Lord himself. Even if it's not the very spot, I mean, it is, he's still on the very planet where he, you know, lost everything essentially. Yeah. That's it. That that speaks a lot to his frame of mind, which I think. But is think how point. he's sitting there, bobbing alone in that back to tank, just staring out, looking at the very spot. I mean, how how that just his it feeds mental... his anger, right? Mm-hmm. And that feeds his power. Can we? Uh... Can we talk about the Tarkin in the room? <laughs> um, so how yeah. did you guys feel I, about that? Because I, 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 told, I, I had pretty strong it. opinions. I thought he looked pretty fantastic. I mean, really? I, I know I know it's CG. I knew, obviously. So I, I think part of me is like, okay, you're going to have to take this with a slight grain because, honestly, I would rather them have a CG-recreated Tarkin than... I think I'd even prefer it as opposed to them recasting him or yeah. not having him in at all. I thought it looked pretty damn good. Uh, I, I know there's there, that's been a lot of uh, a subject of a lot of controversy. I know a lot of people think he looked terrible. Um, you know, Which I don't get. They say I, he looked terrible, and they're like, uh, but we thought Leia looked good. And I'm like, no, Leia to no, me Leia looked, looked like terrible. a CGI, like a video game. He, at least in most of his shots, I could I bought it more. And I don't know. I mean, I'm with you, Russ. I would have rather them done it this way. I mean, they cast a guy that had a very similar shape, and it's actually that same guy doing the voice and everything else. So it's it's just they put, you know, the mocap and all that stuff. So it's, I don't know. I, I enjoyed it. I don't want that to become a staple of Hollywood where they're replacing, you know, long dead actors or older actors with their younger selves from films constantly because then it's going to start you know issues with real actors well, but anyway tacky. i mean yeah i, I but, you know i the, i have to agree with you that, here, that it it was good it, i i'm glad that tarkin was there i'm glad that leia was there thank goodness they were there i just feel like the graphics could have been i just know they could have been better right it just feels like like they purposely took a step back to make sure that you know that we know that they're not real. And someone accused me of reading too much into it, but 
gosh, I just feel like it could have been a lot better. Well, there's so many ways they could have written around it, though. I mean, why didn't they just have Tarkin as a hologram? He didn't have to like physically be there. He could have been uh, a hologram, and it well, would, it I mean, it is. It would have. I mean, it would have been a lot easier to pass off a CGI Tarkin as a hologram than as you know, physical being there. I mean, I just, I was watching and I was like, okay, this kind of taking me out of the story a little bit. It's as, it's as, you know, it's as well done as it as could possibly be. I agree with there, you know, and it's it's a new burgeoning technology, and I understand all that good stuff. But I mean, they're just, I could, I just sitting there watching the movie, I could think of like two or three ways they could have totally written around that and not had it been a distraction at all. You know, for yeah, Peter Cushing though got more screen time in this than he did in New Hope. You know, that's what's crazy about it is he got more screen time after death than he did in the original. Well, that that's not true. Peter Cushing's a huge force in the first Star Wars. He's in it more than Darth Vader is. That's true. Uh, yeah, let's, let's, you know, uh, let's not solely like put Peter Cushing's very crucial role in the first movie where he's I'm the not main salty, man. I'm just saying. I don't know. It seems but he's not. Like he's not. He's in. He's in like two main scenes in this movie. He's in a lot of a New Hope. Like yeah, I mean, he, considering he, when they made a New Hope, the biggest actors in that movie were Guinness Peter and, Cushing and, and Peter Cushing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I am. I am totally glad that 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 he was in it. And and uh, I, uh, yeah. It that uh, my complaint is a nitpick. I it's I understand it. It's just a nitpick. It's not a nit. I mean, that's a few of the things that we're talking about are nitpicks. I mean, having cast issues, having issues with the acting and the characterizations, that's not a nitpick. That's that's a legit problem with the movie. I mean, that's what mm-hmm. it can be described. It doesn't make it bad all of a sudden. It just means that's a part that you are not as fond of. This yeah. Peter Cushing or the digital Peter Cushing thing. It's not. A, I mean, it's it is a it is an issue to confront with this movie. Um, some like it more than others. I. I was honestly kind of put. I was honestly kind of tricked by it. I was so like. For what I was in, I was in so much disbelief that they would go this far that I didn't quite buy that it was CG for a good long while. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> well, it doesn't look right, but damn it, it looks pretty good. Like I, for one thing, I mean, what they did with Gold Leader too and uh, and, and Red Leader, right? And, and, well, they yeah. actually ripped real footage for those guys. Yeah. Right, I mean, right. that wasn't CG stuff. Yeah. Any, I think for 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 Tarkin, anyone saying this is awful CG, I I just I question what they think's good CG because it's like. It, it it's obviously yeah when you're making a you know an iconic figure especially for film geeks that understand how effects work it's going to stand out as like this is not real versus these things that are real and i have issues with the way they implemented this i feel like if they're going to use him they could have had him from the side more just not scenes that were just full on his face it's like right right that's what i was saying <laughs> because him not being in this movie that'd be more distracting than anything it's like where's Tarkin and all this like he should be here i understand peter yeah, that's not live anymore now that said this does feel a lot more like ILM just wants to show off what they can do versus <laughs> them using an, this as a necessity uh, because it's it is not that hard to find an English actor you can put in makeup to make it look like somebody else. That's done all the time. I mean, it's it's not the most difficult thing here. Uh, so I was conflicted in like thoughts on it, and it just I I yes I, de- I definitely don't want to see more of this. Um, it certainly is not you know in like giant you know lead roles or huge parts of a movie or what have you but like it is it's a neat thing to like have to comprehend it didn't necessarily take me out of the movie because i was enjoying the movie as a whole so it's like all right well that's a thing that's that, that's a thing i could focus on for a bit but i'm back to the movie now but it i it's it's a tough one like it, it is like it's a weird it's a weird line to cross i can only imagine that peter cushing's estate approved of something like this because you can't just be like uh, hey, i heard that the, i, I heard that says they it in the credits 
Yeah, it's in the credits. I would assume so. Yeah. So, yeah. But um, it, it, you know, and and to answer your question about you know how how do I define or how do people define you know good CG or bad CG? To me, good CG is when you don't notice it. For sure. When it's that's, just that's always difficult when it comes to people. Like it's easy with yeah. scenery, like things that you know stationary objects, what have you. Mm-hmm. But you know, with people, I mean, this is a this is a long way away from Polar Express, guys. I mean, it's not. Oh yeah. So, so yeah. Like, oh my I, gosh. I, that I, is I, the I, truth. I, it's funny. I, because, I cannot, yeah. Uh, one of the criticism I heard was, "Oh, well, you know, they did such a great job with Robert Downey Jr. in Civil War," and I was like, "Man, that to me that looked off." Like I was not. I, mean, I was not. A, I, I like Michael Douglas. I thought they did a good job, with Michael they, Douglas. Yeah, I thought Michael Douglas was better than Ant Man. Yeah, the, the, the Downey Jr. one was like they're was doing like, this too much now. It's like, not terrible. Like, it's not terrible, but he looked really waxy, almost like too yes. pristine. Yes, like Leia yeah. does at the end of this. Yeah. Now. Yes. So to talk about the Leia thing, so as as much as I love the Tarkin look, I thought the Leia look was really off. I didn't think it was god-awful, but it was off. And part of me thinks, well, A, I think they, for her part, as little as she show, they showed, I think they totally could have got away with just showing her from the, the from buds, behind. The um, yeah. yeah, she could have just pulled the hood off, we get the earmuffs, we know it's her. She says her line, you know, I didn't think we we had to see her face. I thought that was a cool little thing. I also, I have no evidence of this. I've, I've not read anything to the to the fact that, that, that said this, but I really feel like that very last bit from when Vader shows up on, uh, um, on, on the, the rebel ship and yep. then there's kind of this mad dash to get the plans off to the Tanti Four, and all that that happened to me that felt very rushed. Um, it, I agree. It yeah. felt like it was like, guys, we have one take to get. The- Sorry, we have one take to get this right, <laughs> and we can't do it again. And it just seemed like everybody was really jumpy. Like they were just like it's almost like they weren't in fear. It was almost like they were frantic and. It, it just it felt like it was rushed, and so I wonder if this was. There's a, a seven foot guy with that can use magic and a light labor saber sword coming down a dark hallway at him. Of course, they were frantic. <laughs> yeah, but not, I, but not afraid. I mean, I, but not I afraid. Like at this point, I don't Vader. Feel that, I don't know. I don't. I felt. I. I. I loved it, and I've wa- watched that scene now four or five times, and. Every time I watch it, I love it a little bit more. Well, I'm not what, saying what it I thought, was bad, and I'm not what saying I, I didn't like it. What I think is hilarious about that little scene is that the guy that's trying to get out the door, he's really just trying to save himself. It's like he can easily hand <laughs> yeah. the thing off to somebody. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, yeah. Yeah. There. Oh, like yeah. gotta open the door because I get my entire body through, not just this little chip in my hand. <laughs> that's, I thought that was brilliant uh, because – uh, the whole time I was with you, I was just like, well, just hand over the chip. No, he wants to save his life. He's scared to death. Um, man, I like, I felt for him. Like I understood where he was coming from. I, I guess and when no Vader one... throws that guy to the ceiling and then oh, walks awesome. by him, and, oh, come on. That, that's, that, that is, I want more Vader like that. I was talking to my buddy, Yvonne, about that, and he was saying, man, they need to do a story of just when he goes and kills the Tusken Raiders and show us that Vader right there. I, like I said, I, I'm not saying it was bad, and I didn't like I mean, I thought it was awesome. I, I mean, I thought just showing off his power, uh, you, you know, the, how they actually got the plans on I just felt from a directing standpoint, it just felt like it was it was rushed. I think if they would have slowed it down a little bit, I think maybe made it more deliberate. I, I think I would have uh, it it would have 
played better for for me because I think you know part of it Vader at this point is 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 I think just as much a myth as he is a reality and I think people would be more dumbstruck or you know pure fear than just like f- frantically running uh but what, but that's what am I that's one of my issues huge nitpick one of my issues with the 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 ending uh, because you know you have this great like basically like a 30 minute segment of just awesome basically the end of return of jedi on steroids of so just sure. like three different battle scenes going on in different places and cutting back and forth but when it gets to that ending i don't know if it, it's it's a lot of disney kind of playing safe as far as making sure every audience member gets exactly what's going on because some people just aren't as smart as others uh but because i do think the movie has like three different three or four different endings that it doesn't necessarily need because i think once once Jin and Cassian get killed and they successfully got the Death Star plans out of there first, I get it. Like, it's like, okay, we can end there. But, like, okay, so let's move on. What's next then? All right, Vader comes aboard a ship. If he if he just, like, launched his lightsaber, then cut to credits, that would have been pretty badass, I thought. But then it's like, nope, we're going on with this. So we're going to see Vader do some awesome stuff. Okay, I'll, I'll give it that. Vader's kicking ass great. That's, he, he's kicking butt. He's doing a lot of a lot of, uh, a lot of Darth, dark Sith stuff down a hallway, killing a bunch of people, showing how powerful he is. Don't okay, you mean cool. Alt-Jedi? Yeah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like, all right, so they got the plans off at least. So now there's a ship going on. Then we got to go to Leia. It's like, it's just like this one ending on top of another ending on top of another ending just so we could get this this very exact detail that this is leading directly yeah. into a new hope. And it's but, like, it's cool. Yeah. And I, it's cool to say, I guess, but it's like just seeing it happen. It's for for me personally, it just I get it. I got it when they were doing it, but they just kind of kept going those extra steps anyway. That's which... understandable for you, though, Aaron. Because but if you were born last century, like the rest of us, <laughs> and grew up on Star Wars, you would understand. I was that born last ending, century for one that, thing. But that okay. ending, that ending, you know, I mean, it made me feel like I was six years old in the theater again and watching Star Wars because I'm like. I was just re- I came straight home and popped episode four into the player. You know, I mean that I I don't know. I I think we I, as the older Star Wars fans <clears throat> appreciated that more. <laughs> I, I thought it was pretty brilliant that that you could watch. You know that this could seamlessly go into episode four. This just that that ending meant a lot to me. It just it was a step too far for me. <laughs> and the, the giddiness that I had from seeing a hammerhead crash into two different Star Destroyers, it, I, I feel like I, if I wanted, if I was able to channel that energy there, I could have channeled it for something like that if I felt it uh, meant uh, as much to me. What would Lando say? He'd say, Chub Toads really need to calm down here. That's what he's got to say about that. <laughs> so, uh, I'm sure you guys have seen uh, the trailer umpteen times, and watching all the trailers, you can see how they change the story a little bit. Yeah. Um, does anyone know, like, uh, it seems like from the trailers that, that they get the hard drive and then they have to run over to the antenna to transmit it. And I think know, it was all part of the beginning. Yeah. Reworking, um, Jen's storyline is basically reworking her character. I think is what I've heard is what most of it was. Let's be it's both the character and yeah, how the how the end wraps up, how it goes gets into because you know, this Krennic and Jin and Cassian are all on the beach at some point. We all see and, and a bunch of and a bunch of stormtroopers are in the water. I mean, that's like yeah. the marketing campaign right there of them being well, in the water. And I also think they had a couple of them, Jin being one of them, actually make it out alive. 
but I don't know about alive. I mean, the Death Star still probably shot the planet. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, made it off planet. I think is what they. I don't know. I don't know. Well, I mean, because I, you know, I think we've all been reading a lot of the articles and stuff that have been coming out since. And while we're never going to have, I think, a clear understanding of what the original stuff was, I think the a lot of the the, the idea was that they're going to go with a dark ending. Like that was always part of it as far as like early script stages. It was a matter of just, I guess, how to get these plans to go from place to place. Yeah, and, and I'm and I'm and, glad no one did escape too. I'm I'm kind of glad everyone. Uh, you know, it was a tragedy for everyone, but yeah, it was done Ed- for a good cause. Edward right? said in the first draft of the script, it was written to where some of them survived, and it was they only wrote it that way because they didn't think that Lucasfilm would let them just just kill everyone. So this is like script draft one kind of uh, kind of stage. And then my from what I read of the Gareth Edwards interview was once they talked to Kathy Kennedy, once they talked to Lucasfilm, they're like, no, we love it. Uh, and then from that point forward, it was all the end was always th- that that they would they would all not make it out. So oh. so for all the reworking and changes, at least according, you know, again, we'll never know the whole story, the, the full story. But at least according to Gareth Edwards, that portion of the the ending is not, you know, what changed that. The way that that it ended, as far as the where the characters ended up, was always the intended way, except for that very first draft. Wow. If there's okay. something I am curious about, is there's the point where you know Cassian gets shot and hits every piece of metal bar on the way yeah. down to falling on his face. I'm very curious if there's a version <laughs> of that where he stays dead and Jin takes out Krennic herself or does something to stop Krennic. I was wondering the same thing. Yeah, I've heard. Uh, yeah, I've I've heard that that that, and and again, no no cited you know, no corroboration. This is just what I've heard is that that Diego Luna that Cassian Andor died when he fell like that, um, and they they cut her reaction down in the final flick because she didn't really have the reaction to somebody that she'd just been through all this with died. It was just kind of like, oh yeah, he fell. I guess he'll be all right. Um, but that the whole bit with her squaring off against the TIE fighter was that's, that was how she died. Like the TIE fighter totally tears up that, that platform. And that's how she, uh, she, she doesn't make it out. I don't know if that's true. That could all be, be complete and utter BS, but that's one. Well, of that would others. explain why that scene from the trailer was cut that I liked where the TIE fighter rises up. You know, I, I was predicting that, uh, while I was watching that trailer, that that was actually going to be one of the rogues, like they had taken over a Tie Fighter, and that they were going to rescue her. That's you exactly know, she what thought I that thought, was... Frank. Uh, <laughs> yeah. She was going to be afraid of it and like running from it, and then it was going to turn out to be Bodhi behind the wheel or whatever. <laughs> be like that, or like for whatever reason, Krennic would be in a Tie Fighter, like handling things himself or something. Like, but like it was that when when he came back, that was the point where it's like. Well, as much fun as I was having this movie, now I feel like I have to put some critical eyes on this thing. Cause it's like, I think Diego Luna should have stayed dead, and that would have made for a cooler confrontation. Because I, I would have liked to see like a Western showdown between uh, Jin and, and Krennic on that catwalk. Like, that's what I thought we were leading up to. It's like, oh, no, he just came back to life and yeah. shot him. All right, that's, that's kind of boring. You and, know, and, when he and, did, and the when man he... does the job for her, which is like, all right, okay. <laughs> well, I, I do have to say that uh, when he did fall and he didn't move, I knew he wasn't dead because that's just that's not how movies work, you know. It's like uh, the part in ET like, where everybody thought ET was dead, but then ET came back to life. Yeah, exactly. It's just like <laughs> you, you just you know. I've seen enough movies to know. No, that's he's still alive. Well, it, well, I 
yes, it's easy to guess that. But at the same time, I was like, well, they just killed off a bunch of other people. So I'm sitting there thinking, yeah. well, they just shot him. He fell. He hit his head on every single piece of metal bar <laughs> and slanted flat in his face on that, on you know, wherever. That seems like a good way to get out of this this movie, but <laughs> we'll, we'll see what happens. And I was just kind of, yeah. I was really just hoping that that would, not that like I didn't like the character, but it's like I was just hoping that the movie had the kind, if the movie has the gall to go to the lengths it already did, I'm like, let's stick, let's stick this one through, guys. Let's do this. Yeah. And it's not like well, it matters I, much. They both die two seconds later anyway. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, I, I was, uh, because I really was expecting a couple of them to to survive and and i like this i like this version better but you know in my head i'm thinking okay well you know two of them are gonna are gonna survive to tell the story and and uh you know it, j- it just the romanticized the version the for the first movie <laughs> <laughs> in braille <laughs> this oh, friend man, of mine this friend of mine, he's a big Star Wars guy, and his his wife's kind of a fan, but you know, whatever. But that was her biggest complaint about the movie was this was the crawl thing. She's like, it didn't have the right music. They changed it, and the crawl was gone. And I'm like, really? That's what you were upset about? <laughs> that's what's cool about the prologue. The prologue is the crawl, like the yeah. cold yeah. open. That's yeah. watching a visual crawl. Like that's yep. what I was really cool about. It. I was like, I, I was just gonna open. I guess was, it's like, was anybody gonna... else? So let me talk. Let's talk about that. Thought that was super smart. Yeah. So they do the long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, and my brain was just waiting for the huge Star Wars yeah, to go fitting same out. Same here. And, yep. and when same it here. hard cut to the music and that planet, I actually jumped. Like I wasn't I wasn't expecting that. Like that was just such a like a shock to my system. Um, I I knew there wasn't gonna be a crawl, but I wasn't, wasn't sure exactly I was I wasn't sure how it was gonna do it. So I thought what Giacchino did and what Garrett what they did with the music was genius where they're like mm. they have that part yeah. and then you're like you you know you've had what 40 years of this happening so you, you expect a certain thing right. and while there wasn't gonna be a scroll it's like are they gonna do, do star wars or what and it's like no they just had a big music blast to make you think star wars but show you a planet and then have like a ship come in or not even a ship the rings of the planet come in it was like yeah. that's awesome that was a really like interesting way to do that it's a cognitive yeah, dissonance I, is, I, that, I, is that what it was what jobs it's not saga, so yeah, it's not yeah. part of the saga, so it's not going to have the fanfare and the crawl. Uh, that's not what he's saying. He's saying that that it, you know, the the way they got around that, what they did instead of the crawl was was damn smart. And I agree. Oh I no, I agree. No, I agree. Yes, yes, yes. And I like that intro. Also, I thought I, yeah. it's re- yeah. we haven't talked about this much, but I think this. The, I mean, because it's a really well shot thing, but the entire film. This is one of the best shot Star Wars films I've seen. Like, no you question. Know, that, here, that, that includes here. all of the all of the trilogy. Like the, no the use of beyond just the effects or whatnot, the use of locations and everything. The fact that Gareth Edwards got like they're digital cameras, but he has seventy millimeter lenses on them. There's just this great epic scope to this thing that like yeah. introduce you to these various places. Seeing the Death Star like destroy parts of a planet and how that plays out. Just all like, of that stuff is just great. Like I, I'm like you know the. The, the original trilogy is the original trilogy. It's great and all, but this movie has some just amazing, you know, pieces of cinematography. The, when uh, that great... at gets torn into two pieces, mm-hmm. you don't see that at the beginning of Empire. You just see them get blasted or fall or whatever, but that explosion and the way it... I was like, man, that is awesome. Just all of the war scenes were really good. For sure. Yeah, definitely, definitely one of the best shot star wars movies ever 
What did so one of the nitpicks that I had in the beginning was kind of the jump the the fact that it jumped around like it did. Do you, do you guys think that maybe th- that could have been streamlined a little bit? And I guess part of it is because the rest of the movie had longer set pieces that didn't seem to bounce as much. It seemed to flow better, but that first like 20 minutes just seemed like it was like location 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 and it, i don't know it just and and maybe again this is another one of those like i'm used to a star wars movie being a certain way and this is different like it that maybe that's what's clouding my uh, yeah i get what you're saying it. but i get what you're saying but i don't know i did until you pointed it out it just didn't really even it wasn't nothing that stuck out to me it just felt like the table setting for the beginning of the first act well, it just seemed like, and, 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 you know, again, giving me even more credit to Gareth Edwards or whatever, it just, even with all that jumping around, it didn't, it never felt, felt disjointed to me. It felt like one contiguous, uh, continuous story, you know? You know, so if, if I it could, didn't bother make me a, at all. if I could, you know, if I had to, if I was given the task of having to, to rework the script, uh, and, and I couldn't put any more saw in it. Uh, I would probably take his character out just because it, it just, it just yeah, didn't seem to I'm, add a lot to it. I'm with you, Frank. And yeah, that's the, that's about the only thing that, that I think kind of the, how the movie could have been better, you know, either put more of them in or just take them out and work things around, work the story out because I just feel like he could have been, there could have been more. And essentially he was just, all he did in the movie was stand and talk <laughs> Well, like I said, I think there was more, and because of the rework, it got cut. But I don't think that they cut him completely because of the name of the actor and the news of him in it and everything else. I don't, I don't yeah. know. I, I, I don't know that you cut Forrest Whitaker out of a film. <laughs> Maybe. What did you guys think of all the? So there, were, you know, there's a lot of talk about the cameos. And and all of the, you know, the Easter eggs and stuff. Do you think it was made, you know, too on the nose, too much? Like it was trying too Loved hard it. to no. to connect, or, or or, I mean, I thought they were they were hilarious. Most of them are great. I mean, Doctor Evazin and and Ponda Baba showing up on Jeddah, I thought that was hilarious. Yeah. Um, One of the twelve awesome. systems he has the death of sentence. Exactly, on. Yep. exactly. So that's I thought, <laughs> that's why he was on the run from that when he just killed a guy. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's like we gotta go to the um, bar. I need to take it easy off this one, guys. The funniest part was Ponda Baba like calming him down. It reminded me of the robot chicken. Exactly. Uh, yeah, story yeah. Of the same version. Yes. He's like, oh yeah. no. <laughs> yeah, there's way too many, way too many things in my life seem to remind me of various skits from Star Wars Robot Chicken. <laughs> yeah. Generally, only when I'm at a gas station and I think of the Wampa sketch, but that's me. Okay. The uh, the one the one that really made me, made me think of another one like that was um when they at the at the end when they're on the Tentive and. Uh, you know, the stormtrooper take your daughter to work day or whatever. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's take your daughter to work day. Or do I frighten you, little girl? <laughs> uh, the the uh, Easter egg stuff, like it, I I wasn't bothered by it. There's some that were. I don't know. I don't know the. I don't know like a better way to frame like having C three PO and R two D two show up besides what they did there. And that was really surprising. That. Again, I, I like I was not expecting that. So when that happened, it made sense because they're sense. on Gavin. So it's like, yeah, all right, okay, makes sense. They're right. there with him, yeah. But you know, the thing is, is like you know, when I read afterward after seeing it, when I read you know like some of the the film they found at you know at Lucasfilm like in a storage container and it was all a bunch of B-roll or all a bunch of stuff that was cut and everything else. 
well, they used a few pieces of that, but I want to know as a fan, what else is on those reels? And I want to see it. What, what other cool things are on there? It's just a lot more torture of Han Solo. Yeah, I'm sure it's. I mean, it's not. It's no different than any movie, right? I mean, they you shoot hundreds of feet of film that you never even use. It's. Alternate. I was happy to see a viewfinder guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Up in the tower. Yeah, there, hey, was, look, the, there, there was like guy. a. There was like right. a second. There was like the first shot of viewfinder guy. I was like, oh, that's fun. And then like the last shot of him was just him kind of like. It seemed like he was just like resting, like. <laughs> No. There they go again. Who? What? How, what? What test do you have to fail in the academy to draw that job? You're just get up there. It's guard duty, man. It's I don't get up to that tiny little that tiny little tower anyway. He, but he, it looks he, like the only the thing they do is they just watch the ships as they come in. And, then and they have a, they have like a yeah, and they have like a speed gun. They go, "Yep, it's coming in at you know 50 exactly. miles an hour. It's landing. All right." It's a boring mm. air traffic control job. This sounds like a oh. great existential exercise to write uh, to see what the poetry that guy would write would be. <laughs> no, I, I want a whole movie about viewfinder guy now. Yeah, he just like writes yeah. haiku up in his tower. Up, it's tall line up in this tower, never to come down. Hey, as far as Lonely we know, he I. might secretly be the Ooh, good Frank. He might secretly be the whole thing that tied the whole rebellion together. You never know. <laughs> It's it's General Nadine. <laughs> it was his first job. But uh, you know, going back to the Easter eggs, you know, to me, it felt like just the right amount, and it didn't feel like pandering. Uh, it didn't feel like, um, you know, I got excited when I saw certain characters or certain things, and it made me smile. And and you know, never never was there a point where uh, where it felt like it was a wink towards the camera. You know, it was just. This is just a story, and these are the elements that happen to be the same that you'll recognize as fans. Yeah, because yeah, it's uh, in the universe, so it's just like I don't. Yeah. It makes sense to me that like all this, a lot of the stuff happens the way it does to it. I to love a when that. I love when that one stormtrooper's talking to you, you know, and talks about. Do you hear they're retire? They're retiring the T-15s, you know. Yeah. Like, oh, the T-15s, like Luke used to shoot womp rats back at Beggars Canyon. <laughs> They're not much more bigger than two meters. The only the only thing I thought was pandering, honestly, was the giant shot of Leia. It's like if they just yeah. kind of minimize yeah. that to like you know a, a profile or if you just like you know like the hair buns or something like that would have been fine. But it's like nope, let's show off again. Let's show a great artifact. Honestly, space. I thought they were just gonna have it. You know, when the door opened, you saw her from behind. Yeah. And then, then the guy talked. I thought that was gonna be it. And then when yeah. they added that, I was like, I don't know. I enjoyed it because even though it really wasn't great cgi it was as good as they're going to do but i didn't have a huge problem with it but i get where they could have just left that out yes i i enjoy it in concept it's just more of like i again i just i get the idea like i know what yeah. they're doing like i feel I like i'm a 10 I'm years a from now ahead. i think 10 years from now we're gonna look at the way we look at like the first spider-man movie you know, yeah. Have you ever seen the CGI yeah. in the first Spider-Man movie? Oh, I'm not a, that's why. I, that's why I'm not as big on the first Spider-Man movie. Yeah, like, it's kind of rough. <laughs> it looked good in 2002 to me. It's like he just yeah. bounces around a lot. Spider-Man Two, fucking, uh, sorry, it's awesome. Like <laughs> Spider-Man Two, look, that that's why that one won the Oscar, and the first one did not win the Oscar for visual effects because Spider-Man right. Two. Spider-Man Two was the best of the three. So, do you, do you guys think um, uh, are people being too hard on the CG? Do you think that the yes. that the CG Tarkin and the CG Leia were uh, are just as good as it can be? And I'm just yes. being overly critical. 
I think I think I think people that are griping and complaining about it are just they're looking for something to complain about from this film because was it was it not great? Well, I think it was as good as you're going to get with the technology we have right now. Although I think the Tarkin was done better than the Leia, but it it comes more down to usage. I I think as I mean if you go 10 years ago and you look at this, you'd be amazed by how, if you go five years ago and you look at this, you'd be amazed by how good that is. I think it's just more of the way they're portraying them where again, if you have just profile shots or over the shoulders or from a distance and not cl- intense close-ups, it's going to cause less problems. And I, and you know, people want to, it's easy. It's easier to kind of narrow something you know, narrow a certain distaste for something down to a single idea as opposed to just saying, you know, whatever, you know Aaron, trying to list every single reason you hate something. Aaron, uh, that for it, that shot though that you may fire when ready to mm-hmm. to have that close up, <laughs> that was worth it. It again, it's cool in concept. I agree with you, but I think there's different ways to kind of frame a shot like that so you don't have to. So it doesn't just it doesn't feel like something that distracts from the experience. And the right. same in what Jim was saying, I mean, it's you, you could accomplish that same scene with different angles. I guess I, ju- I just wasn't distracted. So I, I guess that's why Which is fair. I, if you, I, there's and there's people I'm hearing that just did, that didn't even realize it was CG at all. That just bought, bought the fact that they, you know, pad whatever they did to make that work. Oh. And that, well, I knew it was CG. Cause I, I remember when Peter Cushing died. So yes, I know. I, I, but I'm, <laughs> I'm saying some people have no problem because they don't, they're not aware. Some people are aware. They don't care like you. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. There, but there are people that I think are going a little over the top and saying it's the single worst thing that could have happened to this oh, movie I, franchise it's like, <laughs> it's like again i think it's just people looking for things to complain about but if, if, if there's things that the things on my list to complain about in this movie that that's not one of them it's an interesting aspect that has provided a lot of debate that i appreciate but I, i'd be more focused on some of the choppiness in the story the way it tries to wrap itself up by having a little too many endings in my opinion and even some basic character stuff that we've already talked about like th- those are those are like legit issues that you know were also a result of you know reshoot problems as well so that that the studio even found i mean they they were even like well, we got to rework some of this and you know having like Forrest Whitaker for example that's an issue with this movie the idea of hey we have an effect that we're going to try out let's do it that's not going to bother you. It's like, all right, go, go for it. Like, look at the old movies. It's not, I, I don't exactly think, you know, remember us thinking, man, these are the most believable effects ever. So it's like, no, that looks really cool on screen. And I'd much rather praise the idea yeah. that ILM was like, oh, that's really cool. Even if I have some issue with how they're, yeah. I'm happier to acknowledge well, that the, the work that they put into something like that than, than disparage it. And for full disclosure, you know, I am one that I am such a Star Wars fan that I'm a I'm an apologizer for certain things that are bad in the Star Wars universe. I'm still somebody that breaks out the bootleg holiday special and watches it every <laughs> now and again. Okay, so I mean, I, I know that I'm looking through it through rose-colored glasses, if you will. You know, when uh, I'm watching these films, but I really think that despite some of the little things, this was one of the best Star Wars films out there. I agreed. So I, so Johnny M sent me a text, so I'll give you his, his quick review. So he said, uh, quick review, I give it an 8. First half he gives a 7, the second half he gives a 9. Um, he said, CGI Tarkin had Polar Express dead eyes. <laughs> <laughs> 
I that's know. the thing. I don't think it's the eyes this time, though. There's other things that I think stand it's out. The mouth. It's yeah, the I, mouth. I, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I yelled at him and basically disagreed. Uh, he said, I thought they just tried too much with it. He said, after a while, I started noticing more issues. So I think it just gets back to, you know, again, like Aaron, you were saying, it, that they could have minimized some of the weirdness by just changing up the shot selection. Um, he said the AT-ATs well, on the beach were awesome. Vader was awesome. Donnie Yen was awesome. So... Well, the the cool thing is, is that, you know, 10 years from now, I guess if they really want to, and technology's gotten that much better, they can redo Tarkin and just make him look that much more real. I mean, if they yeah. want to. <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure Lucas, walked in, he, he, Lucas walked into Gareth Edwards' office like, hey, you know, um, I, I, I've had to tinkering in my films before. If you want me to uh, step <laughs> in, uh, maybe I can uh, take a look at the uh, the Tarkin you got there. I can... I can see what my boys can do with my secret. Yeah, the history of them going back and re- re- tinkering with these Star Wars movies has not been a good one. So, right, have a happy holiday. We could always go yeah. in and we could always, uh, you know, put Jabba in the background. You know? <laughs> oh, or if we threw a, few, threw a few Banthas in there, just walking I don't, I don't, right, right in front of the camera. How about that? You know, Gareth, after our talk the other day, I thought, you know, you're a really nice guy and everything, so I got you this flannel jacket. <laughs> <laughs> Flannel buddies, you know. Maybe maybe we can hang out. I'd be interested in uh, directing Red Tails too. Um, <laughs> about ski pilots and what they did after the war. It's an untold you know, story that you don't really know. But I, I I really like the Red Tails story, and I really like to tell that story. Well, and and while we're at it, you could diversify this a little bit. Have you met my friend uh, Billy D. Williams? <laughs> That's your cue, Aaron. <laughs> hey, Gareth, it's me, Billy D. Williams, and I've. Uh, <laughs> I just vo- he may know me as the voice of Two Face in the Lego Batman movie coming up. That's <laughs> <what he gets. laughs> the original Harvey Dent. What else do we want to do? What, we else, wanna... what else happened in this movie? <laughs> I was at just to point this out. I, I I do like Jimmy Smith, the actor, and I was happy that they brought him back as Bail Organa again. I was like, oh, yeah, cool, was a cool little scene. yeah, oh, little yeah. exchange. And I'm so glad he he had a line because when they first showed him, he doesn't say anything. And I was thinking, is that all he's going to do? Is this the extent of Jimmy Smith? I'm glad he said something. Well, and what a line him talking about getting his old friend and, you know, from the Clone Wars and then talking about his, you know, her. So, yeah. yeah. And then talking about how he's going to go relax in Alderaan, have a peaceful sit, hang yeah. out, <laughs> hang, hang, yeah. see, see the wife. Yeah. You play some table tennis, you know, just See, relax. Because nothing bad like happen in Alderaan. It's looks like it's going to be a nice warm day. Yeah, yeah. Sit in the hot tub. Sounds like a and plus, nice. and plus, he's retiring from the, you know, he's going to be retiring soon. So, yeah. you know, it'll be like, nice to It's relax. his last day out the force. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he just, bought, he just the... bought a new space yacht called Lucky Chance. And him and his <laughs> are going to sail <laughs> across the universe in it tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't understand why the weather guy isn't forecasting past Thursday, but anyway. I thought the Death Star, you know, you talked about earlier, Aaron, about scale. And there's something immensely satisfying when they were on Jeddah and you're seeing that plateau with the city. And you're seeing the Star Destroyer right above it. And you're just like, and then you're, when you look at the Death Star and they're, they're putting the dish uh, onto the structure, and you see these little dots almost that are star destroyers, just again to give you that that concept of scale um, and just the yeah. battles and stuff like that. It, it's it's just like 
finally there's a, a valid story reason to show this stuff off and you know it, it's 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 almost like this is how these battles and all this stuff should have been you know back when and they're finally able to to have a good opportunity and a reason to to make it work so that yeah, that was just awe-inspiring Speaking of the planets, by the way, uh, the, the planet Jeddah was really cool. Like, I want to know what that planet looked like, yeah. you know, ages ago when those giant Jedi statues were still, like, up in the air, apparently. Yes. Really cool, just, like, well, scenery going on. I want to know more about the Force Warriors, like, like what, uh-huh. um, what's, what, like, Baze is, sure, you know. Right. I, I want to, yeah. Yep. But yeah, Aaron, I highly recommend, especially when you were talking about Krennic and 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 all that. I highly recommend you read Catalyst because yeah, yeah, it's it's a lot of uh, cat and mouse between Krennic and Tarkin. It, you know, it's a lot of again, you get the full history of the Ursos uh, and Krennic and and everything else, and it's it's just really well. I mean, Krennic is playing the long game uh, with this because I mean they they totally. Uh, you, you know, make make mention of the fact that you know Krennic's in charge of the project and it, everything's taking so long, uh, and why it's taking so long. Because we saw, you know, even at the end of episode three, like the basic superstructure, uh, you know, the 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 pole, the latitude and the longitude lines were you know were done, and they were starting the inside of the superstructure. So it totally ties into all that stuff on Geonosis, and it, it's it's really cool. I mean, it's it's that thing took a long time to build, by the way, because what Revenge yeah. of the Sith ends what like thirty years before A New Hope starts, something like that. Uh, well, didn't 20, they have to come up with like a new years? energy 20. source or something to power it? That was another thing I thought was cool that they mentioned that. There was a line or something in the movie about how you know the the end, they had to come up with a new uh, way to power it, you know, an energy source because they never really addressed that in the original movie. That's like the whole, power. yeah, that's the whole premise yeah. for the for with the, the movie, kyber for the crystals, right? Yeah, yeah, the kyber crystals. I mean, yeah, I don't want to. I mean, it, yeah, I get, I'm not yeah, giving okay. anything away, but very early on in the book, Urso is interested in power. Like that's his whole bit of studying the kyber crystals and. Mm-hmm. Krennic very early on, I mean, this is like, you know, chapter one stuff. Krennic realizes very early on that if Urso is able to solve the power problem with the kyber crystals, it can be co-opted to power the weapon. So it's this whole cat and mouse in the long game. You know, you're talking decades of him trying to, you know, maneuver Urso into into getting to that position. And how it happens is really good. I mean, it's, again, very much the long con when it comes to Krennic, uh, so I, yeah, I, look, I highly yeah, recommend I, it. I would want to check it out. Like I, I yeah, because I did like the aftermath one and some of those ones. I heard basically mm-hmm. the the ideas were interesting, but the prose wasn't very good. And I like you know reading a good, well written book. This so is actually, hearing, yeah, exactly. I've this heard a lot of well good written. things about Catalyst. Yeah, so that'd be one I'd want to check out. Yeah, I felt Great. like even aftermath. I I can't say it was bad, but I felt like I'm just kind of getting through. It's it's just kind of like. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm just kind of going through the motions of reading this because it's an, it's a fairly interesting story, but it's not really captivating me. Life dead is way better. I I've mean, heard that. Get, yeah, and and the thing is, is you really can tell the difference uh, that the first book is definitely a first act, and that it is all almost all of it is set up. So you'll appreciate Aftermath, I think, a little bit more once you've read Life Debt. And then the next one comes out in February, so I'm, I can't wait for that yeah. one. So cool. I can't really. Did you guys like the music, by the way? The music? The score? Yeah, I, I did. did. Yep, it was I did. great. Very much. 
I thought, I liked, yeah, I thought, it, it, I thought it was pretty it, good. Uh, yeah, yeah I, th- I thought he did a, a serviceable job. Um, you just can't beat John Williams, and and uh, you know the, the music hit the certain emotional beats that you want it to, and stuff. And and uh, yeah, and, it was uh, familiar it, you know, enough. All, all I can say is that it didn't inspire me, but it, it was like serviceable. And 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 um, I did appreciate it, the way he kind of wove in like some yes. of Williams's phrases yeah. in and out of his music. Yeah. I thought that was really uh, artful there. You know. Um, yeah, I agree. But yeah, I, I enjoyed the score. And I mean, what a daunting task that's got to be for a composer, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Here, he here's one of the, the most iconic soundtracks too. of all time. Don't yeah, he replaced, use it. <laughs> he, he, he replaced uh, Alexander Desplat, who was supposed to do it, and then he had yeah. like, just a few weeks to do a whole score. Yeah. Wow. So. That's the other impressive thing. I didn't learn about that until uh, until uh, maybe a couple days ago. And that's pretty impressive. I mean, I mean, bravo to him. So, I mean, who knows, given more time, he probably could have, could, could have made something, you know, something completely, completely magical, uh, as opposed to, as I said, I feel was serviceable, but you know, that's when you're given that amount of time, you're, you're going to get what you get. That, and I just really appreciate that they are with these saga or with these non saga films doing things that separate them from the saga, other than oh, yeah. the story, other than the story itself. Yeah, the, the more the I mean, as we have more standalone films coming, the 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 further away from Star Wars they get, the better in my eyes. Like I'm happy to see them obviously be in the universe and make some various references or what have you, but like the, you know the next one's Han Solo. You know, young on solo, and I'm I'm very curious what the kind of design of that film will be. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I really, and especially with uh, what's it the um the guys behind now the 20, it's Jump Street be, movies and everything like it's yeah, it's supposed to be the story of when Han liberates Chewie right from the Empire. No, I have no idea what I've heard. No, I oh, it's I, not because what I, not, nothing's what, like nothing's officially been stated about what it is oh because what i had heard was that you know the empire at least in the old canon they conquered and enslaved the wookies when they took kashik and at some point han is you know doing some independent work for the empire running some stuff and he meets Chewie, and he ends up rescuing Chewie, and that's how Chewie has this whole life debt to him yeah given so. Given how given how audience friendly these Disney movies have to be, I can't imagine them not wanting to include Chewbacca in some way. And with with Lando Calrissian being involved, they'll probably have you know they'll probably be the Castle Run, and we'll probably see him win the Millennium Falcon, like that kind of stuff. Like I don't doubt yeah. these are these are events that will take place. I just I really want to know what the you know this was like a heist war movie. I want to know if Rogue if Han Solo is going to be like I don't know. <laughs> whatever I kinda, I, I i'm hoping it's kind of kind of be like a buddy buddy cop buddy cop movie almost that's a, yeah know, no, for sure yeah. with uh with uh you know han solo and then you know Do- isn't donald glover playing yeah, uh, donald glover's lando yeah lando yeah. i could i could see it being like you know the, the kind of like lethal weapon in space type deal or kind of you know misadventures uh a little so probably like, a, definitely a lighter tone you know that and they so, got to be like they got to both be con men right because they got to right, like, exactly. turn at each other at some point Right. So, uh, do you think that the that the Han Solo movie will end with him walking into the no. cantina? Nope. No, I hope Good. not. I hope not. <laughs> Me too. Oh, no, I think uh, I think they're then setting. They, then they shut it down for more Han Solo. I mean, yeah. they could do more than one if they if, if they have a good chemistry and they have a good enough idea and the movie does well enough. I could see them doing more than one Han Solo. You know, young Han Solo movie. Yeah, I, I think one they of my favorite go one of my favorite books this. growing up on the on the Star Wars was the uh, Han Solo at Star's End books. I mean, yes, that's going yeah, way back. Han Solo's um, Lost Legacy, Hansel yep. Star's End. 
Yep, great yep. stuff, man. Han Solo meets Frankenstein. Han <laughs> <laughs> Solo and the, and the WW Dixie Dance Kings. I'd really like to see them either... Han Solo meets the Harlem Globetrotters. <laughs> I'd, I'd like to see them either make um, a standalone set of films for, or even maybe a Netflix or something television show of like a thousand years ago when the Jedi's were oh, the yeah. old Republic. Yeah. The old Republic, oh, yeah. all of That's... that stuff. I'd really like to see that, you know, in action. See that's the and that's the kind of thing I given that we're going to see a Star Wars film, you know, once a year forever. Um, I can't imagine that they won't do that. I think it's just more they need to kind of have a proof of concept with these anthology films first before they can right. go right. even right. to yeah. even crazier yeah. levels. I want an Obi Wan movie. It's, it's like we needed like, yeah. twenty years yeah. sitting on Tatooine doing nothing. Come we, on, we need, please. We needed we needed ten movies before we could get like you know do Guardians of the Galaxy and Doctor Strange. We exactly. Need to, like, you, need to, exactly. You, need to, like, you need to make a base before you can go to crazier levels. Yeah, do Iron Man first. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you you got to know that well known character that everybody loved beforehand, Iron Man, before you can do Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm an I'm an impatient geek, Aaron. I want it all now. I, I imagine at some point we're going to start getting two at a time, just like we did with Marvel. You know, it's going to go from one to two. I, I can't imagine, especially now that Disney, you know, had just crossed like a record-breaking $7 billion at the box office this year. I can't imagine them not well, wanting to do two at a time. I, just, I, 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 I don't know, Aaron. You were play to keep it as just a Christmas thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. If they kind of own, if they, you know, keep putting out the Star Wars movies during the Christmas break, and they just kind of own Christmas. They could sit on that. I mean, that generally is a, is a big box office time, you know, because everybody's oh, off work. They could, own, they, could own, they could own Christmas and they could own part of May. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Well, or two, parts, two parts of May. Well, they already, own, they already own you know, two parts of wherever their Marvel movies are. So you they'll know they'll take mean? Memorial Day weekend back, like with the first couple Star Wars movies. Well, yeah. Aaron, Aaron, you work for Disney. Have you heard anything in the strategy or... Well, yeah, they have a bunch of anti-Suicide Squad movies in the works that are pretty entertaining in terms of scripts. <laughs> there's, there's um, what is it? They have uh, Palpatine versus Vader, um, Dawn of Stupidness. I mean, that's a pretty good one. <laughs> both their mom's names are Martha. Isn't that that's weird? That's the crazy part. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're both named Shmi. They're both, their moms are both named Shmi. Yeah, they're both named Shmi. <laughs> How do you know that name? It's the Martha of Star Wars. Shmi who? Shmi you? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hey guys, speaking of of these spinoff movies, so you know there there were three other shows besides us. There's those two Ewok movies, which I'm Caravan assuming in the Battle of Endor. Let's yeah, yeah so <laughs> we're aware. <laughs> and so, are those in canon? Oh, oh hell course. no. Technically, <laughs> what are you talking about? Wicked they Adventures. Are in oh, my yeah. mind. In, you know what? They're in your canon, Frank. Well, they're now, in our they're, canon, Frank, because I'm with uh, you. Well, this brings up the hollow, holiday special. Is that in canon? No. I you don't know. celebrate Life Day all the time? <laughs> <laughs> I, Frank, I don't think uh, that was in canon the day after it aired. So. <laughs> <laughs> but come on, reason... it introduced us to Boba Fett. Yeah, that that's what I'm kind of getting at. There the, are some the elements of that. They do, yeah. name, they do name the, uh, the Wookiee's home planet in it. And and I mean, are there just? I, I mean, this is just for debate here. I'm not expecting an answer, but I mean, I kind of feel like they should be in canon. I don't want to be in a world where B. Arthur's not part of the Star Wars universe, <laughs> or Car- or Art Carney for that matter. Yeah, or Harvey Corman. I definitely, if you get a chance, it's well worth the money. 
definitely get the riff tracks of the holiday here, special. Here, I it is one of the, it is one I of the funniest heard... riff tracks they have done, and rightfully so because that that yeah, is just it's... you know, it's great. It's really great. I agree that that special was terrible. I agree that the Ewok movies were <laughs> what they were. I agree that the droids cartoon was oh, it's painful, painful to watch, man. But I still consider because in my mind, I just like I said earlier, I just it's Star Wars. I love it, except for Episode One. <laughs> so you're saying you'll sit through the holiday special, but not Episode One. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, except that's, for that end scene. Because come on, the fight that's was disappointing. <laughs> I'm a you know, we coming out now is our episode two commentary for Attack of the Clones, where we talk Ooh. very heavily about how that's the worst Star Wars movie, not counting the, these other ones. Uh, Phantom Menace, I can watch easily. Attack of the Clones is a bit more that, mature. Yeah, you know I what? mean, uh, and these I, are movies I don't dislike. Look, any of look my I, I think we talked about this before when we talked about Attack of the Clones. I had the um. I had the same reaction as George C. Scott in the movie Hardcore. I could not look at the screen during that scene on um, on, on on Naboo when they're rolling around in the sunflowers and stuff. Oh god! <laughs> I had to look away. I'm like, stop! Turn it off! Turn it off! You know, couldn't do. I it. can I can uh, I actually do like Attack of the Clones, but I only like that last third of the movie where it's all action and it's just explosions and Jedi's yeah. being badasses and stuff. The one, of course, the, the first the part of the movie. The, the Jedi's are not being badasses. They're getting slaughtered by a bunch of robots. Well, okay. <laughs> they're just standing in a circle. They're like, how do we how do we attack this droid army? Let's go down to the center of this arena and get shot at. Maybe that would... Let's get surrounded. Is that your plan, Mace Windu? That's but the, didn't the, they have the Backstreet Boys or NSYNC or something backing them up there? Oh, yeah, I think you're right. Probably would have yeah. helped them out. The uh, I will hard. say this, though. Episode 2 has... The one thing that somewhat redeems episode two is that crazy uh, uh, cutout base uh, note from the the explosion from Slave Sonic One. Sonic Imploders. Oh yeah, yeah. dude, oh, that yeah, thing, like that oh, that asteroid chase with Obi Wan and that whole bit that that is yeah. pretty good. Again, I don't dis I don't dislike the prequels. I no, I'm I, with you. I, I genuinely you. like the movies, but I just there's the, That's an that 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 one is the, one that one is the weakest one. That, that is one is the weakest. Ways, my friend. I understand this. I understand there's a lot of animosity out there for the prequels for various reasons. But I, yeah. I, I, as far as ranking those movies go, two is on the low scale for me. Yeah, I would agree. Two would be the, the, the least of the three evils. Well, but you can hear all about that on Out Now with Aaron and Abe for Attack of the Clones commentary. <laughs> oh, who's on your commentary, John? Uh, Scott Middleson from Forbes, Brandon Peters cool. from Cult Cinema Cavalcade, and cool. David, yeah, from EndorExpress.net. Sweet. Sounds like a, a, a real a murderer's row of uh, commentators. It's two hours and 22 minutes of fun. I bet. <laughs> and if Scott's there, I'm sure there are a lot of good stats and facts. We, you know, I, we, we get to the very end before he actually gets into it. I was able, we were able to get to all the most at the very end without him talking about math at all in the podcast. Which wow. <laughs> so, yeah, that's Rogue One, guys. That's <laughs> yeah. I mean, moving right along, three hundred and fifty-seven million as of I think yesterday, according to Box Office Mojo. So worldwide. So I don't. So uh, are, are we going to rank them? Are we going to rank our movies? No. Do we have to? <laughs> well, how, how I, about just just where does it, is this in in the top half Frank, or the bottom half? Falls dead center I, for me. 
Right before you came on, Frank, I was saying that someone had asked me that earlier today about where does it rank. And I don't rank it in the films. It's not part of the saga. I don't think it ranks in there. I think the quality of the film was Empire level. And to me, that ranks at the top of the saga. So you take with that what you will. But I don't feel that it ranks in there at all. Okay. That's a fair way to look at it. Um, if if I do have to place it within the Star Wars saga, as far as you know, r- ranking all you know all what eight of these movies at this point, um, not including our our favorite Ewok films and the holiday special <laughs> and Star Wars Rebel or Star Wars Clone Wars the movie, <laughs> um, yeah, it's right. It's I'm with for us. It's kind of right in the middle. I like yeah. it more than two prequels. I like it less than the original trilogy. I think it's I think it's it's maybe to me a better movie than Force Awakens, but Force Awakens is way more rewatchable. Um, I can yeah, at least I enjoy, so far. I, yeah, I think, I, to, to be fair, I haven't watched Rogue One ten times like I have all these other movies. Yeah, so right. I, I think, it, and then it becomes a weird like discussion, right? Because there's like, how do you, do you where do you rank it as in terms of it being a good film versus your personal enjoyment? And I think for me, as crazy as something like that sounds. It falls into two different places. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I, you know, I think, I think from a personal enjoyment factor, I think it's, it's kind of right. It's above the prequels and below everything that's come, at, you know, f- below four, five, six, and seven. Uh, but, but again, that's a very, very high bar. I mean, considering that you know, is, Star, Star Wars and Empire that... are my two favorite movies of all time, bar none. Uh, the fact that it falls kind of just below that. Uh, isn't isn't a knock against right. Rogue One? It's still still high praise. Exactly. I remember where you are, Russ. I put it above the prequels, but below the originals, and probably on par with Force Awakens. I just I, I need to rewatch it again. I've only seen it twice. Yeah, I yeah. think I got the once, and I'm I'm lucky enough to be in SoCal, or I can go up to LA. And there's a they have the 70 millimeter like version of that film playing in IMAX. So oh, I, nice. I very much. I did, I did see it in IMAX, but not 70 mil, obviously. Yeah, I only saw it on the Disney lot. So uh, <laughs> no, it's it's fine. No, it, it's a good theater, but it's not like an IMAX screen. Is that part of your employee discount? No, it's just part of being <laughs> press and like having a badge that says "Chub Toad Sucks" on it. So it really helps me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> did any of you no, guys no, see I, it in I 3D? Wasn't. Nope. The IMAX I saw it in was 3D. Yeah. How, how was it? It. I don't know. It's very rare that I see a movie in 3D. I think the 3D really adds to it anymore. Yeah, you know I mean, like the only one I can think of recently. Would be. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I was just saying. I, I think Force Awakens is like a movie that kind of lends itself better to 3D than Rogue One does. I sure, I, I agree with that. Rogue One's a little grittier. Yeah, yeah. I um, I don't. It didn't. It didn't distract. It didn't. It didn't add. It didn't take away. I mean, I the only movie I could think of recently that I've seen that where I really thought it was better in 3D was Doctor Strange. Oh sure. yeah. Yeah, and I that's just from all the effects and stuff. But, but yeah, I mean, I'm glad I saw it on IMAX. I recommend seeing it on the biggest screen possible because it really gives you that sense of scale and stuff. And um, but the 3D was, you know, it was kind of a wash. It was neither a, a benefit nor a detriment for me, anyway. Cool. My uh, my son and I are debating. Actually, my son more than me. I don't really have much input into how he chooses to raise his son. But um, we're he's debating whether or not to take my grandson to go see it because. Like, my grandson right. is all about, like, nothing in his life exists other than Star Wars right now. But How old is he? He's Your five. grandson sounds awesome. Yeah, he's five. 
Uh, he, Aaron, he's the other one online when you're playing Battlefront and you look through and see who's playing <laughs> Battlefront. Like whenever he comes over, that's all he wants to do is play Battlefront. Um, but I think he he's in love more with the concept of Star Wars than the reality of the movies of Star Wars. Um, and he like just turned five, like he's barely five. Yeah. Um, I think it'd be okay, and, except and, for all the beach scenes. Well, no, that'd and, be a bit rough for a five year old. And and even that, it's it's. I mean, there's it's not blood and guts kind of stuff. It's it's you know it's it's done in a Star Wars way. He's more concerned with just kind of the the stretches in the middle and in the beginning, because he. He he's just afraid he won't sit for two hours and fifteen minutes and watch this movie. He'll want to get up and you know move yeah, around right. because you I know when it, when there's not something when a there's not a stormtrooper on the screen or Darth Vader like he's gonna be a little fidgety. So yeah. uh, so we're debating on it. But if we go, we're gonna go like full. We're gonna try and go full IMAX. Uh, so hopefully it'll be a better viewing experience. So I'm hoping next week we'll go uh, see it. My buddy Glenn is coming to Houston too, like right around New Year's. So oh, if cool. we don't get to see it then. When he comes in, I think we're going to try and sneak off to the to the IMAX and go check it out. And every, excuse me, I just want to make this public announcement real quick before we're out there. Dear Internet, it's pronu- it's spelled R O G U E. No, shit. what is it with people? I saw professionally it. written yeah from like what websites that I've heard of spelling rogue uh, wrong, spelling it rouge. Because it's a word and it doesn't come up on the spell check. <laughs> I, guess, I guess so. I guess so. But please, you're killing me with this stuff, Small. Proofread your stuff. God. Yes, proofread your stuff. I mean. Yes. <laughs> what Frank said. Anybody have any final thoughts? I mean, I think we've we've kind of beat it to death at this point. Uh, I, I think I've I've kind of said all that I, I had planned to say. Do you guys yeah. all watch Rebels? Absolutely. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I'm not as enamored by it, but uh, I'm watching it. I like it. I like to. I'm liking it better than the Clone Wars cartoon, actually. Yeah, me not too. At all. Not at all. I, I, I've never been able to make it through the Clone Wars cartoon. It's just I even started I, watching it in order. Like they're, you know, they oh. they weren't released in order, so I started watching them in order, and it's just hard. I just don't care. No, about no, it. yeah. Well, are you watching them in the where it's the proper order or whatever? Yes, the proper yeah. order. It, it was easier to get through watching them that way, but yeah, Rebels is much easier to watch. Uh, I don't agree. <laughs> I, it's part of it because I don't really like the animation style that compared to the Clone Wars. Clone Wars look different. I, I like that yeah. approach. This is, just looks like people have Gumby feet walking around. I still, I still I, miss the line animation from Jendi Tartakovsky's uh, Clone Wars. Oh, yeah, that's the, that's that's the, the bar. That was kick-ass. That's the yeah, right that's, there. That's I wish I would have done that. You know? yeah. He's busy yeah. making Hotel Transylvania movies. He doesn't have time to do awesome. <laughs> He's also anymore. doing Luke Cage comics. <laughs> yeah, is, is there more than one yet? I only have the one. It's just the one so far. Okay, because I'm like, when's the next one coming out? <laughs> anyway, Rogue yeah, One, yeah. guys, it's pretty good. <laughs> I'm, gl- I, I'm glad it exists. It made me super happy, and um, just keep up the good work. I thanks. Agree. We will. Yeah, <laughs> director Ryan Johnson, make it oh, happen. I'm sorry. This year. Yeah, Ryan Johnson. Sorry, uh, uh, keep up the good work, uh, Star Wars people. That's I should have completed my thought there. Cool. It just makes me happy. I thought they did a good job. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it's it's better that there's more Star Wars in our life. Uh, that's for sure. Here, here. Cool. Well, uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, since this was a special on the Master Feed, uh, if you're listening to this, you're listening to pretty much all the other stuff. Uh, on the network so uh stay tuned for more cool stuff uh that we'll have coming up soon across all of the shows on the network
And Merry if Christmas. If yes. you're not easily offended, look out for the DC TV uh, blooper show that I do every year. It's coming soon. Awesome. If you are slightly easily offended in any way, do not listen to that yes. show. <laughs> I mean, I'm including the game, the Cards Against Humanity game we played at Heroes Con this year. So, yeah, cool. Thanks, everybody. All right.